This is the Build Your Best Family podcast, and this week's episode is on breaking free from comparison and people-pleasing with guest Sophie Hudson. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. What does it mean to show up in your life right now in this season? This is a question that I've actually been asking myself in the midst of all of this new normal that we find ourselves living in. The things that I used to count on in the past to keep me emotionally, physically, and spiritually healthy, well, they've all disappeared. And the ways we've done life as a family, there are no longer options anymore. Honestly, it makes me want to hide, to put my head down and wait until this is all over again to show up in my life. And by show up, I mean doing things with intention and on purpose. Because let's face it, it's hard when we have very little control over what you can do and where you can go. But I know this isn't an option. That's because it's not the way that I can build my best family. Instead, I'm digging in my heels into my family's values, the why of doing what we do, and holding how we do it with an open hand. Those things that are important to us, the things that our family's passionate about, well, they still remain, and they still stand for something. It's just how we live them out that has changed. Now, we all have a choice to make. We can bide our time, or as this week's guest likes to say, we can stand all the way up to stand up for ourselves, for the people we love, for the people who can't stand up for themselves, and to stand up for God's kingdom. In my conversation with Sophie Hudson, we talk about why humor is important, especially in this current season, when things aren't so great. We talk about comparison, how it impacts families, plus the practical ways to break free from it, and the difference between people-pleasing and serving our people well. As you listen to this episode, I want to encourage you to consider what it might look like for you to stand all the way up in your life, to throw off people-pleasing or comparison or whatever it is that prevents you from building your best family. In an organization, regular team meetings are a given. They keep people informed, help them achieve goals, and ensure everyone is on the right track. Weekly family meetings do the same. Not only do they allow you to see if you're spending your time and resources in a way that lines up with your family's values, but it also helps you approach each week with purpose. To help you get started having weekly check-ins with the ones that you love, we've created a free family meeting packet. It includes sample agendas and discussion topics. Head over to www.buildyourbestfamily.com to get your copy. Today, I'm talking with Sophie Hudson. Sophie loves to laugh more than just about anything, and she hopes that through her stories, women find encouragement and hope in the everyday, joy-filled moments of life. Sophie speaks regularly to groups across the country and co-hosts the Big Boo cast. A graduate of Mississippi State University and the author of five books, Sophie loves cheering like crazy at college football games and watching entire seasons of TV shows in record time. She lives with her husband and her son in Birmingham, Alabama. Hello, Sophie. It is so fantastic to have you join us today. Well, I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I actually saw you speak years ago at a loom. I mean, I've lost track of how many years ago that is, but I think it was when your first book came out. That was probably, that was 2014, maybe like that was probably six years ago. I think that was, I remember, I remember things like that in accordance with what the football season was doing for Mississippi State. uh And state was having a really good year and Dak Prescott was the quarterback. So I think it was 2014. (laughs) I think that's right. 
I love that. I, yeah, I've got, I lose track of time. I mean, I can't believe Mm -hmm. it has been that long since I've been online writing and like dabbling in this online. I know. I know. It's crazy. It just flies. I said not too long ago, um, my friend Melanie, who I met when I first started blogging, we Mm -hmm. met in 2006 and I was, so that's been 14 years, but that's like 96 years of internet time. You know, like it's like for every, every year, um, just feels like it, it flies more and more as time goes. Oh my gosh, for sure. All right. So, um, a question that I ask all our guests and it's a way that we get to know you is, um, what is your family known for? Really? Honestly, this is not deep. This is not, this is not spiritual. This is, um, (laughs) just real life. We're all pretty funny. I mean, you know, I think we're funny as a great, we're funny individually. We value humor in our house. Um, and it gets us through a lot, you know, it gets us through some, some tension. Sometimes it gets us through misunderstanding sometimes, but, but we really do value humor and, Mm -hmm. um, just not taking it all too seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Especially over the last couple of months, man, I've needed humor to get me through COVID to get me through the injustice that we're seeing in our world. I mean, it's like, I just need, and I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm funny, but I'll be the one to sort of break the tension because I just can't take it. Like I need to see what's funny about this and not everyone appreciates that though. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think, you know, everybody's family has kind of a different tale of how they've handled the last few months and what that's been like. Mm -hmm. And we have really, I mean, now we had one rough night. We've had a couple of rough nights, Mm -hmm. but by and large, and there's not a lot of us, obviously, but um, we have one son, but we have so enjoyed being together, you know, again, not that it's always been perfect, but I think because we do love to laugh so much and we especially love to laugh together, um, really having so much time together, it has, it has been, I hate the re I hate the reason for it. Don't misunderstand me, Mm -hmm. but I am so grateful for just this time to kind of dig in together. Um, just so many good conversations and so many good, um, so many good memories at yeah. a really weird, hard time in, uh, you know, kind of the big picture of life. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some good memories too. And I think it was just a couple of weeks ago. My kids are like, okay, we're ready to hang out with other people now, <laughs> but we <laughs> have right. had fun. Yeah. 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 It's been, it's been good. Bye. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So here you're here to tell us about your new book. And so please tell us about it. Well, I wrote a book called Stand All the Way Up. Mm-hmm. Um, I started writing it. I kind of had the idea for it a couple of years ago when, or three years ago when my son and I were in Kenya and just kind of the realization that I had been in a lot of transition, which I think, you know, we're all in transition to some degree, but there's something about the middle of life that seems to bring the transitions in with some enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just looking back at some of that stuff, Um, And then stuff that happened as I was writing, I just kept coming back to this idea of, and I don't mind change, um, but there's something about a lot of change that can feel super disruptive. Mm. And so just kind of look into scripture. What does that look like um, when we're, when we in the middle of all of our middle, what does it look like um, to do that with the Lord? And just kept coming back to this idea of we just stand all the way up over and over and over and, Mm -hmm. um, and he meets us there and he stands with us. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Now you've already mentioned that you guys love to laugh as a family. And so 
but you also say this book is for anybody that wants to laugh. So tell me, <laughs> tell me why that is. I hope you're sharing your, your humor and your laughter with all of us. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I, I, um, I mean, there's certainly there are serious parts in the book for sure, mm -hmm. but more than anything, I think I tend to process in the rearview mirror, and so I think when you process in the rearview mirror and you look back, you can't help but see the funny, and you can't help but see the ridiculous, and so I write about a lot of that stuff. I am not one. I am not an overly earnest person. I don't take myself really seriously, so even in the midst of hard stuff, and even in the midst of kind of. Um, I would say, you know, some significant lessons with the Lord, there was just mm -hmm. a whole lot to laugh about. So yeah. I write about a lot of that stuff. Well, that's good because I think that's what many of us need right now for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little levity, you know, mm -hmm. and hopefully a little something to think about and a little something to, to encourage and to, to spur us on. Cause listen, you know, I say in the book, women have enough to do. Women don't need anybody else telling them one more thing to do where yeah. everybody's got that covered. So in the midst of the stuff that we have to do, in the midst of the stuff that we're already doing, what does it look like to be agents of love and mercy and justice and to people who usher in the kingdom? And mm -hmm. I think we can do that in little ways and in big ways. And um, so I hope, you know, overall, it's, it's a book that makes um, people feel more certain of the Lord's goodness in the here and now, mm -hmm. and um, a little bit more inspired to to, to walk out whatever he has, has called them to walk out. Yeah. But no to-do list for me. Not a, okay. not a one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've got plenty of those. So you touch on comparison in this book and I know that many mm -hmm. women struggle with comparison. I mean, yeah. we, we do personally just for ourselves, but now, especially with social media and Facebook, we compare our families to one another. And so 100%. how, how do you see families are, how, how do you see that families are affected by this comparison? Well, because I think the comparison trains us to pretend because I mm -hmm. think the comparison um, trains us to, um, to, to, I don't want to say refuse to be vulnerable, but it discourages us from being vulnerable because we get in our heads that everybody else has got it together. Everybody else's family, you know, is just rocking mm -hmm. it and they've got family devotion, you know, nine times a week. And <laughs> And, and listen, the kids have started to lead and they've got their own band now and they're going to, you know, yep. it's a, it's a whole thing where we, we get in our heads and think everybody else is doing it better. And I've worked at a high school here in Birmingham for 20 years. I've worked with teenagers for a long time. And what I have seen over and over and over is that when, when teenagers especially perceive that there is, um, a, an image that they have to maintain for their family. Um, an image that they have to sort of portray for the outside world. Um, what that ultimately leads to is um, resentment and no small degree of shame. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, so, so women deal with it, um, you know, when, as we kind of look out and we compare ourselves and we compare our families. But I think what we don't think about sometimes is how we're passing that on to our kids. Mm. Um, you know, if we have a family culture that says we've got to look good at all times. And so the good news about that is like, we can, we can stop that today. Like we, <laughs> we can, yeah. we can refuse to participate in that process. And, um, and it, I think it's, it's life giving to refuse to participate in that process. But I think sometimes we don't even know how it's gotten a hold of us. Yeah. So it takes a while to, to figure that out sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, 
I really had to stop using Facebook. I mean, I use it for work yeah. and I'll get on it occasionally. And my mom tags me and things all the time. So I've got to look and see what she said. Sure. She calls me, texts me to see if I saw it. Right. Um, but for the most part, like I try to stay off it because I found myself getting so wrapped up in what everybody else was doing. And, oh, well, they must be having more fun with me. And they're getting mm-hmm. together way more than like, right. they have more friends than me. And how come they're doing all, like, it just was like this cycle. Like I would feel mm. bad about myself when I would get off there. And um, so that's one of the ways I've kind of dealt with it. And I've also like spoken up to my friends and even they've said, oh, oh, please, nobody ever asked me to do anything. Like, what are you talking right. about? Everybody's not getting together without you, you know? So right. um, what are some of the things that you would, offer to families who are affected by comparison and want to break free from that? I, you know, I was actually, I was talking to a, a young woman in her twenties about this the other night, a, a, a young woman that I taught when she was in high school, we were talking about social media and, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that we love about it and the stuff that can be frustrating. And she was kind of getting wrapped up in just how it makes her feel. And finally I was like, Hey, you know, you can, you can turn that off, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. You, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to keep it on your phone. What I have seen um, so many people do people my age and people younger than me over the last few years is just to say, you know what, I'm going to take a break. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean I, I'm not, I'm not anti-social media. I'm not, doesn't mm-hmm. mean like I will never do this again, but 30 days away, I think can be a life giving exercise mm-hmm. yeah. to just give your brain a break and to examine how is this affecting me? Um, Cause it can be really subtle, you know, I mean, it can be even maybe not so much now cause nobody's traveling, but it mm-hmm. can even be, you know, just like, well, why did, why do they get to go to all these places? Um, so I would say a break is helpful. Um, and then I would, I would say also just, uh, just to remind ourselves every day that, um, that the Lord has given us what we need to, to, um, to participate in family life, to love in family life, mm-hmm. um, to encourage in family life. We have all that um, without ever looking at anything on our phones. Yeah. We, we've got, we've got all that. Um, and there's so much joy in the day to day. And so I think part of that is getting out of the, the mindset that we've got to document it all. Mm. You know, it's like, a, you know, if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? <laughs> If a family makes a memory without putting it on social media, yeah, it right. really happened. <laughs> you know, oh, like, do we, do we, do we have a milestone if we didn't put it? So one thing that, that I have done over the last couple of years, and, and it was not even intentional, but I think I have to a large degree, um, I have not documented our family life very much at all on social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, just, just to practice, um, uh, I guess making sure that those memories are special to me and to David and to Alex Mm. and, and letting that be enough. So that doesn't mean, I mean, certainly I'm on social media all the time, but that part of my life, I tend to keep away. Um, Mm. you know, every once in a while there's something, but, but just to practice the memory itself, the moment itself being enough, I think is good. Mm-hmm. You know what I do like, um, but with this idea of stepping away from social media for a little bit and, and choosing how you engage with it, like in the beginning, Facebook, I thought Facebook was so cool. And I still think there's great things about it because sure. I would see somebody and they would already have known what I've done. And so they'd be like, oh my gosh, I saw that you went to this restaurant or I saw that you went to this trip. And so it would give us something to talk about. But I also kind of like getting back 
back to the point where like, I don't know everything you've done. So now we right. have something to talk about. <laughs> right. Like, right? Like, right. Cause if you get together with a friend and you're like, yeah, I know everything you've done already. Like kind of like, what's the right. point? Like, what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> sure. And you know something I so I've, I've really enjoyed it and I've only really realized how much I've enjoyed it as during this time where we've been home so much more. Mm-hmm. I love following younger families on social media, you know, like, mm-hmm. like my friends, kids or um, kids that I've, they're not kids, but people that I've taught over the years yeah. when I teach in school who now have young families, that to me has, that's enormously encouraging. Like just mm-hmm. to see young families who are digging in and um, to see how they're loving their kids. Um, yeah. That seems to occupy a different mental space than it does when you're watching, you know, people with same age kids just oh, true. pretty yeah. much just dominate and excel at everything. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, um, you know, today um, maybe I wore a shirt that didn't have a hole in it. Um, that was my my big win. Um, I appreciate that you have, you know, done all these fabulous things. So, so kind of changing the, the, the voices that we hear sometimes helps a little bit too. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends who have little kids and I, I forget, I forget what it was like to be there and to hear what they're going through, um, takes my mind off of, you know, SAT scores and college applications and partying with (laughs) That's exactly right. What I have to do about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. So um, I want to shift a little bit and talk about people pleasing because you talk about that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I know like, you know, as a mom, I take care of everybody. Like, I feel like even during quarantine, I like kept busy until someone needed me. Like that was, you know, I had my work, but then I had to be on hand for these, this distant learning. I had to be on hand for my husband's transition to working away to working in the house. Like I, I was, I was that person. Um, what's the difference between people pleasing and then just serving our people? Well, like where, where's that line get crossed and how can I stay in a healthy place? I think people pleasing gets us sideways. Um, one, when it becomes codependent, you know, like when, when what we're doing is codependent, there's something in it for us. Somehow it helps mm. us maintain some sense of that everything's okay. Yeah. Um, um, so when it gets codependent, that's not great. And I think when, sometimes it's just dishonest, you know, like we're not, we're not really approaching those relationships from the perspective of um, being servant hearted, but we're approaching those relationships from a place of really being self-serving. I need to do this for you so that I feel better about me. And that's not Mm. super, a super honest place in a relationship. Um, And I also think, um, and this doesn't maybe necessarily happen as much in families, but it happens in relationships and friendships. I think we're, um, we're, we just get to a point where we, we so fear um, conflict or somebody being unhappy with us that um, we stay silent on, about things that where it really makes us complicit. Yeah. Um, so somebody makes a really um, racist comment or somebody, you know, says something super dishonoring towards women, or mm-hmm. we know we're being manipulated, um, mm-hmm. but we won't engage there because we so fear creating a, a conflict with somebody um, that, that would create an uncomfortable emotional situation for us. And right. in that silence, what we do, maybe, it, I mean, I think a lot of times unintentionally is we agree. And so I think we we have to be mindful of where is my unwillingness to disagree? Where is my unwillingness to go against what's expected of me here? 
right. actually making me complicit in something I would never choose to participate in. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think what happens when we're, when we're truly operating out of a place where we're servant hearted is that that never enters the equation because Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're servant hearted, as my friend, Angela um, Cottrell has said, you're carrying the presence of Jesus with you wherever you go. And, um, but where Jesus is not is in places where we're being dishonest and Mm -hmm. we're, we're we're not engaging um, in a truthful way with people Mm -hmm. because we're self-protecting. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like (laughs) And I don't, I don't know if this is weird to say, but like, I do have to, I go back and forth between people pleasing and, and being a servant. I know that as my kids get older and I'm navigating the teen years as a mom, I'm trying to be like, okay, am I people pleasing to like, make sure my teens love me or like me or want to be right. around me? Or am I doing what's right for them and for my family? Because yeah. And, 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 and sort of not getting caught up in like wanting them to like me. Cause I know that this yeah. is, can be a tenuous time when um, they're moody <laughs> they're For picky, sure. and they're and like, they're hard to manage. And I don't know if I should be considering their opinion or if they're manipulating me to get their way. Oh yeah. And listen, the, the silence from a teenager, the stiff arm from a teenager is mm-hmm. profound. Like it feels <laughs> like, well, this will never come back around again. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just feels, it can feel really permanent sometimes and it feels yeah. scary. You don't want to lose them. You know, you don't, yeah. and when I say you don't want to lose them, I mean like you don't want to lose your relational connection with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, and I, I feel certain this is a, a, something that you practice. So it takes a lot of really honest conversation. You have mm-hmm. to keep them talking. Yeah. You have to keep them, you know, so that, um, cause I say, I mean, how many times have I said, you know, you're, this is going to go much better if you're just straight up honest with us as opposed to trying to spin something. Right. Yeah. And, um, but it takes, I mean, listen, their frontal lobes are still a mess. It takes a <laughs> while for, oh, that's my dog. I'm so that's, sorry. No, don't be sorry. Okay. Um, my son just got home from football practice and she knows it. Um, <laughs> So, um, so it takes them a, a, a long time or a longer time to, to trust us, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. So there is a certain degree of, you don't want to rock the boat, you know, too much, mm-hmm. but I think we also know when we are deep down convicted about something yeah. and I think it's just, sure. a, a, so I think where people pleasing gets dangerous is where we, um, it's where we dismiss the deep down convictions for the sake of some short term, um, yeah, not even happiness, maybe just some short term, what feels like peace. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's such a good place to put it. I mean, because I think that applies to what you're saying. So like what we're seeing in the world today and speaking up, but also speaking up to my team. Like yeah. I have found times when I have maybe gone back on something I've felt strongly about, um, because I wanted to sort of please them and I wanted them oh, to sure. like think I'm the best mom ever. And then I have to go, wait a minute. Like, no, right. this is not what this is about. This is about showing up in an authentic way that, that lines up with our values, that lines up with mm-hmm. our culture and, and, you know, cause they're not always going to be under our roof. And so no. when they're not here, what are they going to remember? Yeah. And I think one hard thing, you know, you can get in the middle of, you can, as a parent, I think we can draw some hard lines and listen, you're not going to drive for a month because you don't seem to be handling this responsibility well. And then you get a week into it and you're like, well, this is the worst thing I've ever done. (laughs) Telling why in the world did I think this was a good idea to not let him or her drive anymore? Because it's a lot more difficult 
So it gets easy in those situations. It's not even a matter of people pleasing. It's just like, I need some relief. Yeah. Um, so all that stuff, I think we have to just, you know, every day we kind of have to weigh out. And I think when the relationship is primary as mm-hmm. opposed, opposed to the rules, I think the balance of that gets easy Yeah. or not easy, but yeah. easier. Yeah, that's good. I like that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This is fantastic. And I, I took some notes and I learned a lot. So thank you. Oh, well, I love <laughs> being with you. I'm sorry about Hazel. She just, she gets so excited when, when anybody comes home or anybody comes over and the only way she knows how to express it is to bark really. Oh well, so. no. I love that. I wish my kids would do that when I came home. <laughs> oh, any reaction, right? Any, <laughs> any, just a little atom. If a little atom could disrupt in the atmosphere when we come home, that would be great, but not so much. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you. You can find Sophie at boomama.net. She's on Instagram as at boomama205. She's on Twitter as at boomama. And she's on Facebook as Sophie Hudson Boomama. Her new book, Stand All the Way Up, Stories of Staying in It When You Want to Burn It All Down, is available where books are sold. I'll link to all of this in the show notes. If you would like to connect me on the podcast, you can find us over on Instagram. It's our favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. Plus we share the family hacks that have helped us build culture along the way. You can find me at Carl Amici. And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. Don't let the pretty pictures fool you. Our family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about Build Your Best Family, go to buildyourbestfamily.com.